this is Women Talk God, a podcast about healing the world with love and justice, featuring Ruby Sales and Jackie Lewis. Ruby Sales is a civil rights icon and a leader in the Southern Freedom Movement. She's a spiritual mentor to many, including me. She is my mama, Ruby. And I'm the senior minister at Middle Collegiate Church in New York, a public theologian, an activist, and a pastor. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that you'll share it, like it, and join us in this conversation. The last time we were talking, we were getting at Dr. King and his assassination and what what that was about and how that happened. And you were talking about his struggle with the material world and the... Yes. Tell, just jump in and say more well, about that. Well, I mean, you've got to understand that the movement of which King was a part of that came out of the souls of ordinary black people was first and foremost a spiritual movement mm-hmm. that, that predicated itself on our recognition that we were first-class human beings in a society that said that we were second-class people. And so that ours was a, a transcendent movement of, of a reaffirmation of our humanities. Mm-hmm. And, and first and foremost, it was a spiritual movement that not only rearranged our relationship with God and, and, and each other, but it also provided a pathway. It was a movement of redemption that gave white people an opportunity to rearrange their relationship with God and each other. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it was a call to a beloved community. That was at the heart of the movement of which King and black Southerners created out of the black folk theology, out of the souls of a people. And so, but as the movement became more and more recognized Mm -hmm. in a capitalist society, there were those people around King that pressured him Mm -hmm. to talk about one person, one vote more than he talked about the spiritual aspect of it. And they were calling him always tempting him in the direction towards a transactional movement away from the spiritual. Because many of the people who advised him, who came to advise him, were transactionalists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were not spiritual leaders. Now, you had people like C.T. Vivian right. who remained grounded in that folk theology. Sure. And so Martin Luther King was really struggling with how is it that he would continue to talk about this movement and where really placed the emphasis? And I think that he really understood ultimately that although voting was important, mm-hmm. that unless you really had a change of heart and, and, and a transformation of values, that your vote would only enhance the empire huh. rather than change it. And so I think that for King, he, at Riverside, he made a hard decision. Huh, same word. And that the decision was that he would be a preacher wow. again and mm-hmm. turn the movement away from, because you see, a progressive Northern movements are sheer materialist movement, devoid of any spiritual impulse. It's always about transactionalism. <laughs> and the whole notion of, is that if you can give black people certain rights, 
then it, we can keep oh. the system in place, mm-hmm. just expand the table a little bit, but change nothing at the core. Mm-hmm. And that is, and so that's transactional. Right. But what black people were saying in the South was something very different. We were saying that we wanted a beloved community. We wanted a society that was different. We did not want to integrate in a burning house because we understood that the house was on fire. Absolutely. But we also lost our way too. But the point about King is that it was very difficult for him to maintain that groundedness with the pull of white liberalism. And do you think, Ruby, that that, like I really hear that, was that a product of the times? Is that is the same pull upon us now? Like how does then relate to now? Is it the same oh, kind yes. of pull? Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you see, we have to make a distinction between Stacey Abrams hmm. And mm-hmm. Northern white liberalism. Mm-hmm. She does not descend from Northern liberalism. Because don't forget now, the Northern liberal movement, although it was certainly better than segregationist, it was also problematic in terms of racism. Mm-hmm. And so the Stacey Abrams descends out of the Southern freedom spiritual movement that started in the bush harbors of America Amen. with with the community of enslaved people who ran away. Yes, that's right. It goes all the way back the way to back that to movement. That. That's right. That's and right. it was a movement. You couldn't run away by yourself. Yep. You had to have community participation. Somebody had to cover for right. you. Somebody had to help you get out of there, right? Somebody so had to get a, you in the boat. Somebody right, had to get you. Right, that was a grassroots yeah, right. movement. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And so... And, mm-hmm. and she also is a daughter of Fannie Lou Hamer yeah. and, and the Southern Freedom Movement. That's why she talks about God. That's why she understands in a very deep way that the movement must have a place that recognizes the efficacy of black bodies and black lives. She understands that a movement that, is, that speaks in post-racial language is dangerous. It's dangerous. It's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. What... I love when we have a chance to talk about black folks' religion. I love the, I mean, I love my great uncle George um, did voting registration with Fannie Lou Hamer. She sang in the choir with my mother in in Sunflower County. That's right, Sunflower, Sunflower, Mississippi. Mississippi. She's buried in Ruleville. My grandmother is buried in Ruleville. My my, my dear is buried right there in Ruleville. And I think about, the, the the religion mom and dad gave us, the, the religion that mom and dad gave us from Mississippi, from the South, from, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your neighbor. We're not going to get there unless we all go together, right? All of those kinds of things. What, how would you describe that black folks religion, Ruby, around um, resilience and around forgiveness? Well, I think first and foremost, black folk religion rooted itself in the psalmist cry. Oh, God, give me a clean heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So black people were very aware what a polluted heart could do because it gave enslavement. Mm -hmm. And understanding the dangers and the devastating death of the human spirit in terms of a polluted heart, black people were constantly on guard. And so as they, because it was a capital punishment for black people to read or write or to think philosophically, mm-hmm. we had to figure out a way to talk about and to work together as a community to hold on. 
yeah. to talk about what did it mean to be who we were yeah. in a world that where we were forced to be in. Yeah. And so I think that what happened in that space is that we developed what I call black folk religion. Mm -hmm. And it was a religion predicated on revolutionary love. All right. Agape. You know, that resonates. Yes, because what black people were saying is, look, we are enslaved. I can't control what happens to my body, but I can control my inner life. Amen. And you will not make me hate you. Mm. You will not allow the poisons that I see exist in you to infil it will not infiltrate. I will not allow that to happen. This is where I I'm this in is where of this. I draw the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will not invade my inner life. Mm -hmm. And so that black folk religion was really a religion predicated on a belief that although I am enslaved, that I have the power of my inner life. Mm -hmm. And that's very powerful. And when you look at black prayers of during do you know what it meant when an enslaver told you that they were your master, that, that he was the master, and to him you owed everything and all of it? But listen to what the black prayer said. Oh, God, I want to thank you for waking me up this morning. Not the master. Not the, but you. But yes, you. Right. Amen. I want to thank you for giving me breath, the breath in my body and the use of my limb and the blood that runs through my body. Yes. That was a radical what? A radical prophetic prayer, a revolutionary prayer. And it was also contesting what? Contesting the empire. that white men were what? God. That's right. That's right. That's that right. they were the master. Yeah. And so it was really a religion of affirmation and resistance. Mm -hmm. Affirmation resistance, yeah. Affirmation and resistance. Yeah. Yep. That's right. They're like, um, you cannot, you can whip my body. You can demand my work, but you cannot take away the inner life, the joy, the love that is inside me. Right, and, and my humanity. You will and not change that. And because you right. cannot take away my humanity, right. I believe that, if you, that you're capable of being redeemed. Yeah. That I believe that I will not become a cynic, that I will become, so I will believe in pragmatic optimism. Yep that I will look at you in the way that you refuse to look at me as a human being. Yeah. Do you understand the I, spiritual discipline that that took? A robust spiritual discipline. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you understand that they were spiritual geniuses? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And that's how we survived. That's why Absolutely. we're still here. That's why we're here. I know that when I grew up and I thought it was so old-fashioned when black folk would say, when they would talk about, what it meant when you, when you lived in the world, when the world took you over, and that you, you know, gave up your soul for the world, and the, and I was saying, what do they mean gambling? There's nothing wrong with gambling. But what they were really saying is that yes, that begins to fracture relationships. It begins to you set up dynamics where you cheat each other, where you try to take something from each other. And that begins to fracture the beloved community. That's what they were saying. The materialism of, of, of the world was really problematic for a beloved community right. when it was used in an exploitive way. And that's really what they were saying. And so our, they understood the dangers of the world if one was not spiritually vigilant. And the dangers of individualism? The, the, danger, the dangers of a fractured com community, 
it's been a really, really, really long time since I read Peter Paris's book, um, The Spirituality of African Peoples. I, I remember, um, and what's this new book, Ruby? I am not going to say the name. A uh, young African-American woman has written a, a fictionalized book about the Middle Passage. I don't know. Listening to the stories of black folks, listening to the stories of black folks who have the memory of Africa, or listening to Africans who have the memory of 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 African values. I'm I'm curious about is there a spirituality that that mm-hmm. Christianity mapped onto for our people? You know you know what I mean? Like before before we had language of 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 Jesus or Holy Spirit or before we had language of beloved community, were we the beloved community living together Absolutely. in a village, Absolutely. right? Our children are and belong to all of us. And it was that memory and right. that that kept us alive. Yep. On what Robert Hayden calls a voyage to death. Yes, yes. White historians call it the middle passage. Right. Thank you. Robert Hayden calls it a the voyage, voyage to, to death. death. Right. And, it, and, and what was so spiritually incredible and awesome was right there on the that rip, on the ocean. Right. Black people recreated ourselves. That's right. We were yes. no longer separated by tribes. We, were no, we became one with each other in the common experience. We became a people who refused to die. And we recreated ourselves. On, that was our first spiritual revolution in the West, on those ships. Yeah. Where, where tongue didn't matter, where tribe didn't matter, where language right. didn't happen. Well, we found a we way to talk. one with each right. other. That's right. We were That's part right. of a common experience. That's right. We were no longer Ashanti or Igbo. Right. We were we were a people on we were, a journey we were to death. Becoming a people, yeah, a people in this in this place. And so, what? I mean, how in the heck? <laughs> how do a people, our people, shackled, enslaved, whipped, tortured? How do our people have the the heart capacity to still see white folks as redeemable? That was the thing that freaked white people out. <laughs> yeah, the most. Right? How is it that these people mm-hmm. have been able to survive no matter what we've done to them? And that's why they fear black people more than all other people of color, because they have seen they have done the most unimaginable things to us. Mm-hmm. And yet we have survived. And not only have we survived, as the poet Sterling Brown says, we were a strong people who kept getting stronger. Amen. And and in the movement, it freaked them out because they thought that we were a bunch of subhuman Uncle Toms, right? And there we were standing up against all of the weapons of the empire, and we did not quiver, and we did not quake, and we kept on coming in the face of the horses, in the face of the billy clubs, in the face of the water hoses, a proud people kept coming. Ordinary black people, children Amen. kept coming. Amen. In the, and so that what black people have forgotten in our self-hatred in many ways, in taking on the narrative of the empire, empire. your people were a mighty people who brought down one of the most powerful Western empires of the 21st yep. century without ever firing a shot. My Lord, Amen. do you know what yeah. it means that a people with just a soul force, a spiritual Ooh. soul force, brought yeah. down an empire? Yeah. Absolutely. Why don't we understand what we did? 
we have got to um, remember the future. I, I don't know why that's in my mind. Every time I see that beautiful, iconic picture of the folks marching yeah. some, and the backs are straight, kind of slightly leaned back, like they're in motion, I think we have to remember the past in a Sankofa way, Ruby, Absolutely. to teach our children the future. And as you move towards that mountaintop consciousness, yeah. nothing, not even death, makes you feel that you can be separated from the love of God. So you keep on marching. You keep on walking towards the empire. Marching up to freedom land. Yes, and when you have a higher consciousness, the empire loses its power to make you be afraid to die. Yeah, it's not that you want to die, but suddenly you have an expansive view of eternity that you realize that you're just a small speck in a larger story that will go on, that it doesn't stop because you stop. It goes on. It keeps and perhaps, on marching. Yeah. And perhaps in a very small way, yeah. you can help it continue. Yeah, I love that. And that's what mountaintop means, that suddenly you're not afraid. Mm. You, you, you don't mind dying. You don't want to die. But you don't mind. But you're not going to allow death to be the thing that holds you back. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. I'm not fearing. Because mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And that's how we were. Yes. Can you imagine to come up against people on horses charging at you, putting you in jails, threatening to make you drink? Dogs snapping at you. Absolutely. Mm. But yet we kept a coming. And that was a spiritual soul force. Mm. And Mm. I don't Mm. think black people have appreciated that spiritual soul force that our ancestors cultivated and unleashed in the South through us. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important, Ruby, these conversations. I think it's so important, you know, been down to the EJI Museum and hearing your voice on tape and seeing the stories. Ruby, it is a theological project to not forget our history. It is is a theological project. Because we forget our history. We also forget God. Amen. We forget what Amen. God did for us in That's Selma. Right. That's we right. forget what God did for us in, in Lowndes County. And forgetting God, we began to believe that Lyndon Johnson did it. Amen. That the empire mm-hmm. did it. Mm-hmm. And, we, and so that we no longer are grateful to God. Who do we become grateful to? The, the empire. Right. The empire. All those young people. Apostasy. Sit, apostasy. All those young people sitting at lunchroom counters. And then the next, and then the next bunch comes, right? And no matter how much we thought that our elders prayed too much, guess what? <laughs> it was because they prayed that we were not afraid. Yeah. That Maybe. we had been so in cult, they had so much socialized uh-huh. a certain spirituality in us that even when we thought we were rejecting it, right, it was alive and living. I thank God right now for all the people who prayed for you, Ruby for all the people who were the prayer warriors for you and your work in this Southern Freedom Spiritual Movement. I thank and, God for that. And all of the mothers like my mother the mothers were like so yours. terrified yeah. that I would be killed, her yeah. beloved daughter would be killed. Yeah. But you know what she said? What she said? If not my child, then whose child? Mm. Why do I think that my child should be exempt from this struggle? That was what black mothers said. How do you think they let us go? They said, if not my child, then whose child? It was like Mary in the Magnificat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying, yeah. saying that my child should belong to the people and not yeah. to the state. And people don't understand what black mm-hmm. mothers did, mm-hmm. what black parents did. They set aside their fears, their, their deep troubling that their children would be killed, 
their nightmare that their children, they set that aside for the nation. What a sacrifice. What a, what a sacrifice and what an act of faithful defiance. Absolutely. Faithful I like that. Defiance. Faithful defiance. Yeah. Faithful. We need to talk about that. Let's we talk need about to that. have young folk understand, mm-hmm. and even for those of us who are not young, we need to understand the sacrifice. And they could only do that because they were what? Grounded in this black folk theology Amen. and a firm belief in God. Had they just been materialists, they could not have done it. They couldn't have done it. Ruby, what's your mama's name? Willie May. Willie May. Thank you, Willie May's daughter, Ruby. Thank you. Well, my mother's birthday will be next week. Yeah. And she's, you know, she died three years, four years ago. Yeah. Gosh, our mom's around the same time. What, what's your mother's birthday? Aries. Aries? What, what day? What day? Oh, April, April 15th. April 15th. My mom's April, April 11th. Wow, yeah. she was probably like my mom. I think so. We'll talk about we'll talk about black mama some right. next time. <laughs> Thank you, Ruby. Thank you. For more resources on healing the world with love and justice, go to middlechurch.org. Thanks for listening. Oh, oh, oh.